Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. So today we are continuing the Shake It Off series. Um, this series has been so awesome. And how many else, or how many other people, every time you hear it, I know Pastor Dan said it's not based off of the Taylor Swift song, but I can't unhear Taylor Swift singing Shake It Off every time we start a message on Sunday morning. It's been great. Uh, so today we are going to focus on worship. Uh, you know, worship in our society has become one of those things that if we're not careful, we can really forget what it really is um, because it's become something that can be even marketable. You know, people can make a career worship leading. People can um, sell worship music. And that's all fine and good because I believe that all of those songs are God-breathed and all of those songs are drawing people into God's presence. But worship is so much more than that. Worship is more than the 20 to 30 minutes that we spend in this room together at the start of every service. It's really a lifestyle. So worship actually comes from an old English term called worthship. It's to give something worth. It literally means to give something worth. To demonstratively attribute value, especially to God. So I love how um, I read it in a book. It's put this way. God proved that I am valuable to him by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross because Jesus died for all of us, right? So he proved that we are valuable to him and we show God that he is valuable to us through our worship to him. So how can we show God that he's valuable to us? We're gonna talk about four ways, four practical ways that we can enter into the presence of God. The first thing is giving him our time. We spend time with the people who matter to us most, right? Probably the most time that we spend with people is our family and our close friends. And so we want to show God that we value him by spending time with him. And how do you spend time with God? You can spend time with him in his word. It's so important to get into God's word every single day, to hear what he is speaking through the word because his word is alive. And so when we're reading those words, um, just look for things that jump out to you on a page. I am so guilty of reading a paragraph over and over and over and I'm like, what did I even just read? But if you can just slow down and you can listen for what God is speaking, he'll highlight a phrase, he'll highlight a line, he'll highlight a story in the Bible and then he'll speak to you through that. So that's one way we can spend time with God. Another way is time spent in church. Here we are today, spending time with God on a Sunday morning. So good God or good job you are showing that you are valuing um, God today just by being here in church. Um, I listened to a book one time, I think it was The Habits of Highly Successful People or something like that, um, and it said the reason that groups like, um, like a church group or um, Alcoholics Anonymous, the reason those groups have lasted so long, the reason that they are so successful is because anytime you get a group of people together working towards a common goal, the success rate of that group skyrockets. So here we are on Sunday mornings, we're rubbing shoulders with each other, we are um, working towards a common goal. The vision of this church, we're working towards a common goal of love God. And what's the other one? <laughs> yes, love God, love people. So we're working together for that purpose every single week. And that's why we all can be so successful in that because we're working on that together. 
Um, Another way that we can spend time with God is time spent in prayer, talking to Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 only has three words in it. Never stop praying. God has really challenged me with this lately, so I have been um, putting a new practice in my life, and I have been just praying about everything, and sometimes I feel silly, like, why do I even need to pray about this? Um, Things like, okay, I am going to pick up my kids from school. God, um, you know, let me have safe travels on the way to do that. And when I get there, um, let me forget about the 16 other things I have going on that day so that I can put focus on my children. Let me show them that they're important to me. Um, then we get home and I'm cooking dinner. God, thank you for the food that you've provided for us. Um, thank you that I get to cook this food for my family. Thank you that when we sit down to enjoy it together, that our relationship is going to grow stronger, that good conversation is going to happen, that I'm going to be able to teach my children something through our conversation tonight. And whatever it is that you're doing, it can be anything. Just invite God into it because that is worship to him, showing him that you value, you value him, you value um, his opinion, you value um, just talking to him and inviting him in to your everyday life. Uh, The second practical way to worship is by um, giving, by tithing and giving offerings. You know, God doesn't need our money. He really doesn't. God just asks us to give because it's about trusting him, trusting that he'll still provide. And once you try it, you will quickly see that he can do a lot with the 10% that you give, and he can do a lot with the 90% that's left over for you and to do whatever you want to do in your life. Um, I love that, you know, all of our tithes and offerings here, uh, Pastor Rich shared over the summer, I can't remember the exact amount, but he shared the amount of benevolence that we as a church have been able to share with people in our community, people who really needed it. And that's just because of your obedience. That's just because you've trusted God and you've given, and then God is able to bless and take it outside of these walls and bless other people. And then the 90% that's left over, like I said, you quickly find out that you have more than enough. You have absolutely more than enough because God will always provide for all of your needs. And the next way that is a practical way to get into worship is serving. So we can serve here in church, in a ministry. Uh, We can serve other people. Really, it just boils down to using whatever God has given you to bless other people. Look at Matthew 25. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And here's the kicker. The king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So anytime we serve anybody else, we're really serving our Heavenly Father, and that is worship to Him. And the last practical way to enter into worship I want to talk about today is using our voices. The first way we can use our voice is by sharing our testimony. And you might be out there thinking, 
man, I don't really have a testimony to share. I used to think that same thing. Like, I don't have this big, glorious story to share with people that are going to draw people to Jesus. But you really do. It's the simple little things. They're just as powerful as the big things. And, you know, I really think about it, too. When people have, like, a huge testimony in their life, it's usually because they've come through great adversity to get there. So, Don't be sorry about what you think is your little testimony because maybe you haven't had to experience all that pain that somebody else has had to have their huge testimony. A huge testimony is just as powerful as a little testimony and vice versa because it's all God doing it in our lives and it's all a way that we can tell other people about his goodness and that is worship. And then, of course, we can use our voices to sing to God like we do here every morning uh, or every Sunday morning. You can sing at home too, and the cool thing is that you don't even have to have a good voice, and God still loves it, and it's still uh, worship to God. Yes. All right, so worship is important because worship is for God. Worship is a powerful weapon that we have against the enemy. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but uh, it really just boils down to showing God how much that we value him. So anything that you can do to show God that you value him That's worship. And it's also an awesome way for us to help spread God's goodness throughout the earth. And how cool that God designed it that we get to play a part in his goodness um, spreading throughout the earth. So if you have your Bibles or the YouVersion app, um, or you can just follow along on the back screen here, we are going to be hanging out in a couple verses in Psalm 8 today. So starting out, Psalm 8.1 says, Yahweh Our sovereign God, your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the majesty of your name. People everywhere see your splendor. This is our purpose as worshipers of God. This is why we worship. Uh, Pastor Emily did an awesome little teaching on uh, Facebook about what the glory of God is. It was titled, What Even Is God's Glory? It's one of those words that we hear a lot in church, but maybe sometimes we don't fully understand. Um, So God's glory is simply his goodness. And even more than that, it's a personal revelation of his goodness. It's a personal experience of that goodness. So back to Psalm 8.1, it says, His glory streams from the heavens above. I picture it like all these little presents parachuting down to the earth and just being around everywhere, just waiting for someone to pick it up and experience it. Um, God wants to reveal himself, and he wants to have a personal relationship with every single person on this earth. And we get to help spread God's glory throughout the earth when we worship him. When we pick up one of those presents that God has left for us, for his showing us his goodness, then we get to carry that present with us. That's good. We get to carry his presence. His present is his presence. And we carry that within us. And we get to share it with the world and be part of everybody seeing the splendor and the wonder of God. So we've talked about the practical ways to enter into worship, talked about why we should want to worship God, but there is more. So let's move on to Psalm 8-2. This is where we'll spend the rest of our time. Um, I love this verse so much. This is in the Passion Translation. It is so powerful. It says, You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. This kind of praise has power to shut Satan's mouth. So good. I love that one. Yeah, I knew Maria was going to like that. 
Funny story about Maria. <laughs> Maria serves in our, our Reds Kids ministry, and when uh, my little girl was in her class, she said, Maria says that when the devil comes at us with his lies, we just need to turn around and say, shut up, devil. <laughs> so good. I love that. I love that Maria has been teaching our children that they can shut Satan's mouth. All right, moving on. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. One thing that I really like about this verse is how much it emphasizes children, how it talks about songs of children, chorus of infants, and childlike worship. It's exactly how Jesus tells us that we should come to him. Look at Matthew 18, 3. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So we have to become like children. So what does that look like? Think about uh, kids. They are so full of life, and they're nearly impossible to embarrass. Has anybody seen that TikTok trend that's going on where you play some sort of little music for these kids? It's like some song, and it says, play this for your child and see what happens. And every single time, these kids drop what they're doing, and they just start getting down, dancing, and it is the cutest thing you will ever see. Has anybody seen that? Nobody. All right. <laughs> Go on TikTok and see it. It's so funny. Um, so we don't, we don't have to be embarrassed. When we're in God's presence, we are just, just live it up. Be like a child. Don't worry about what somebody is thinking next to you. Don't worry about, if you're at home and you're worshiping, don't worry about what your family thinks about you. Don't worry about what your dog thinks about you. Just worship God. And if we can look like complete idiots at a football game, right? Everybody painting half their body blue and half their uh, body yellow. That's for you, PD. Um, then we can, we can look like that in front of our Heavenly Father. We don't have to have it all put together. We can just be crazy and just worship Him with everything that we have. And He loves it. So let's talk about the four things in this verse that um, are shaken off during worship, or four things that God does during worship. The Bible says that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. So we can be confident that anytime we worship him, anytime we come into his presence, that he is there. And wherever God is, because God is good, good things happen. So God's presence is an awesome place to be. All right, first line of Psalm 8-2 says, you have built a stronghold by the songs of children. So there's two definitions for the word stronghold. First definition is it's a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. Pastor Dan always talks about the big three. Fear, what's the next one? Pride and shame. Yes, fear, pride, and shame. Pretty much everything that we deal with or that we struggle with, if not all, comes from those three areas. And did you know that throughout our experiences in life, uh, circumstances or whatever's happened to us or, or thought patterns that we've grown up with, um, those actually create grooves in our brain. And when a new circumstance comes at us, we automatically slip into those grooves, those natural grooves. So, but we have to allow God to transform our minds. Romans 12, 2 says that. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the thought patterns and the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we need to allow God to do that in our lives. Um, 
if you know me very well, you know I have struggled with fear um, pretty much my whole life. I don't know where it comes from. It's just something that um, has always been a struggle in my life. Um, you know, afraid about what people think about me, afraid of um, losing my family or losing people that are close to me. Um, our daughter, we have the funniest video of her because it's crazy, you guys. The devil will paint these pictures in your mind. And I know you've all experienced it before. Um, but it would be something simple as my little girl crossing the street to go play with her friend. Her best friend used to live across the street from us. And our road isn't even busy. It's not like we live on a highway or anything. We live in a small little neighborhood. But the devil would just paint this picture in my mind every time, and I would be gripped with fear. And it's just a small example, but this is real life. Like, I would be gripped with fear, and the devil would paint this picture in my mind of her getting hit by a car. So I would tell her, Quinn, Make sure when you came on the street to go play with Caitlin that you check eight times before you look or whatever number came out of my mouth that day. So we have the funniest little video of little Quinn running across our yard and she gets to the edge of the road and she looks left and then she looks right and then she looks left and then she looks right. And there's probably not going to be another car that drives down our road for the next hour. But here she is doing what mama said and checking eight times to make sure that no cars are coming before she crosses the street. So um, those are the things, that's the first definition of a stronghold. Those are the things that come at us. And God is breaking those off during worship. When we worship him, he is causing us to think a different way. He's just absolutely destroying those strongholds that are in our lives as we put our focus on him and take our focus off of our current situation or off of the fear or the pride and the shame. So the second definition of a stronghold is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. And look at Psalm 8:2. It says, you have built a stronghold. God is building a stronghold by our songs of praise. He is fortifying us and protecting us against attack. Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? So look at how cool this is, you guys. God is tearing down strongholds in us, and he's building a stronghold around us. How awesome is that? When we worship God, things are breaking off inside of us and he is building this wall of protection around us to strengthen us. And that leads me to the second point in Psalm 8:2. Look at the second line. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. This is why strength is rising because God is tearing down those things inside of us. He's building that wall around us and he's protecting us so that we can um, be strengthened. We can have boldness. So worry is shaken off during worship. Insecurity is shaken off. Fear is shaken off. Pride is shaken off. Shame is shaken off. And we are strengthened. Look at Isaiah 41. Don't be afraid for I am with you, says God. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Do you ever leave here on a Sunday morning feeling like you can just conquer the world? Like all God's strength. He's built up this confidence in you. He is fortifying you to be able to go out and conquer those things with his 
strength. And you don't have to feel that way just here on a Sunday morning. You can feel that way anytime you get into God's presence. That is what he's going to do for you. Just spend time and worship with God wherever you are, and he will strengthen you. Now, number three is my absolute favorite, uh, Psalm 8-2, third line. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. So good. And why? Why does our praise have the power to shut Satan's mouth? It's because we are saying or singing or whatever it is, we are saying, I believe in what Jesus has done, right? Because when we praise God, we're praising him for who he is, what he has done, or what we believe he will do. And Satan cannot deny what Jesus did for us on the cross because he knows that he's already been defeated. Let's go to Colossians 2. This will prove this point. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And then further down in verse 20, you, all of us, have died with Christ, and he has set us free from the spiritual powers of this world. So yes, that's awesome. So our praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. We don't have to listen to the lies of the devil. Satan's goal is to distract us from this powerful weapon that we have so that he can keep us in this place of bondage. And let's uh, look at this picture. I want to show you the difference between God's voice and Satan's voice. So Satan wants us to obsess over things. When his voice comes out, he wants us to worry. He condemns us, discourages us, confuses us, pushes us, frightens us, and rushes us. But then look what happens when we listen for God's voice. God's voice calms us. He comforts us. He convicts. He reassures us. And he stills us. And that leads me to my last point in Psalm 8-2. Line 4 says, Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. So God stills us and he silences he silences any opposition that's coming our way. I believe opposition comes from, of course, people, and it also comes from circumstances. And think about the world that we live in right now. I love how this version uses the word madness because every time we turn on the TV, every time we turn on the radio, it seems like there is just madness happening around us, something new that is just crazy and we can't even believe it's happening. It describes the time in which we live, but we don't have to succumb to that madness. We can silence it through our worship, seeking God's heart and his answer for us in every circumstance, not getting caught up in the craziness of the world, but allowing God to just come in and still our heart, listening for his voice. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, God doesn't say this to make us feel inadequate. He doesn't say that to make us feel dumb and like he's so much better than us. It's just a reminder that he sees everything 
from beginning to end. And he's inviting us to seek him for those thoughts and those ways that are beyond what we can think or imagine. And the last thing I want to point out in Psalm 82 is this. Back to the reference of little children. I really believe that the reason God says that in this verse too is because you don't have to be a seasoned believer for God to move powerfully through your worship. God looks at the heart. He's not concerned with the outer appearance. He's not concerned with how much experience you have. He just wants you to experience him. And he's not hard to find. God is here. His presence is surrounding us. He's here to break your stronghold. He's here to surround you with his protection. He's here to shut up the lies and the accusations of Satan. And he's here to silence the madness. And ultimately, he's here to help us walk in a state of worship and not a state of fear. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your presence is all around us. Thank you that you are tearing down strongholds inside of us and you are building a stronghold around us. Thank you that you are strengthening us, Father. Thank you that you are shutting the mouth of Satan so that we don't have to listen to his lies and his accusations anymore. And thank you, God, that you are silencing the madness around us. You are silencing all opposition. And God, we want to walk in that state of worship. We don't want to walk in a state of fear. We don't want to add to the chaos in this world. We want to just walk in a lifestyle of worship with you. And God, I thank you that you look at the heart. You don't care if someone's worshiping you for the first time or the one millionth time, God. You still move powerfully through our worship. So if you're here today and and you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you haven't made that decision to walk and follow him and to worship him, I just want to give you that opportunity today. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that all you have to do to be saved is to confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. It's as simple as that. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, just slip up your hand. Make that declaration that you're going to walk in worship. You're going to follow Jesus the rest of the days of your life. And let's pray this together. Everyone repeat after me. Jesus. I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins. I believe that God raised you to life. I believe that you sit at the right hand of the Father. And I believe that you are Lord of all. I believe and I confess that you are Lord of my life. And I'm going to worship you. I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to walk with you every day for the rest of my life.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.